Hi, I'm Kush Shah. I am the restaurant editor at Food & Wine magazine. I am also working on a cookbook about the food of the Indian American diaspora that's set to come out next fall. And I'm the world's biggest Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fan because I love all the drama because it's not my drama. <laughs> I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that asks wonderful chefs and home cooks one huge question. What is their one? That singular recipe that they can't wait to make when they get home. This week, we're celebrating the recipes that feel like home with Kushbu Shah, and she's unnatural. As the restaurant editor at Food & Wine, she's always either on the road or thinking about her next trip. So when she's home or feels homesick, she knows what she wants to eat. She's also the author of the forthcoming cookbook, Amrican, a personal exploration of Indian cooking in America and in the broader Indian diaspora. Enjoy. Kushbu, welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. So to many folks at home, you have the dream job slash setup. So you are both Food & Wine's restaurant editor, but you're also a burgeoning cookbook writer. How has that process been going and how have you been balancing both? <laughs> yeah, uh, not sure it's been balanced. Uh, living the dream in many ways, but also very complicated to have a job that uh, keeps you on the road the majority of the time, but also trying to develop recipes when you don't have access to a kitchen is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about what your cookbook is about? Oh, yeah. Um, it's about the food of the Indian American diaspora. So people don't realize that Indian food in America has its own unique identity, but it does. Like people, you know, when you talk about Indian food from India, like people can talk about that. People can talk about Indian food in England. Um, you know, even the Indian food in like the Caribbean, like has its own identity. Um, but most people don't know what Indian food really looks like in this country, but it's been shaped, you know, by patterns of immigration and things that are available in this country. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a book that explores all of that. So when did you kind of start entertaining the idea of writing the book? Oof, uh, five, six <laughs> years ago. <laughs> it's really <laughs> taken me some time to, yeah, get my stuff together um, and start putting it into a book. But, you know, I've been really lucky to have jobs that have allowed me to travel across the country quite a bit. You know, something that I was really starting to notice, you know, that we have some really distinct dishes here or like a, a really specific viewpoint on Indian food in this country. And it was really important for me to, you know, finally get that down into one place. And you've been compiling these big lists that really survey American dining in so many of its various forms for the last few years. Like, for instance, you were the person who created the Prime 13 at Thrillist. And then that led to <laughs> you taking over food and wine and really shaking things up with your lists and the point of view that you were bringing to it. Um, have there been any surprises or lessons that you've learned in the course of working on your own lists or manuscript? Uh, yeah, I mean, tons, tons. I've learned so much about myself. <laughs> you know, you spend a lot of time by yourself, actually, you know, on on the road. Um, I've become like an incredible traveler, but also a very picky traveler. 
Like, I'm the person that now looks at, like, SeatGeek or, like, SeatGuru.com and, like, for the exact plane layout because I know exactly what seat I want <laughs> on every type <laughs> of plane, which is crazy. Or, like, I know I won't fly into certain airports if I can help it because I just really don't like the setup of that airport. I mean, so there's, like, crazy <laughs> things like that where it makes you actually sound like, you know, like, almost like a diva. But it's when you travel so much, you just get... You know, you find your rhythms and your patterns. Like, it's to the point where I have a favorite bathroom stall at LAX, like, which is like the airport that oh, I'm yeah. most based out of. Yeah. And it's like, if someone's in that stall, I'm like, you're in my, you're in my bathroom. <laughs> I, it has my name engraved. It's, it's on mine. The seat. Yeah. Like, there's a plaque. Exactly. <laughs> they built it like, just yes. for me, actually. <laughs> exactly. So I have, you know, my like travel routines. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How have your tastes kind of changed as you've been publishing the last few years of? best new chefs list? Ooh, I think my tastes have actually gotten uh, simpler, if that makes sense. Like, I crave things that are just really direct that I don't have to, like, work for. Um, Both when I'm thinking about things that are, like, really punchy in your face or I want something that's just, like, very, like, simple and clean and, like, muted. I like flavors that know what they're doing, if that makes sense. I don't want something that's trying to be everything at once. So you have kind of talked through how your tastes have gotten simpler, more focused. Are there any restaurant or just other informal dining experiences that have kind of informed your approach to the recipes that you're working on for the book? Ooh, yeah. Actually, people would be surprised by this, but chain dining, I I mean, I think it's just how most of the country eats. Um, and it's such a uh, distillation of often things that start in fine dining and have like, you know, trickled their way down through like slight evolutions, you know, into something that is like affordable and packageable and, you know, something that can be done at a mass scale. And I think that's really interesting. Um, and so there's actually some recipes inspired by things that I've seen at chains. There's also one chain in particular that, the Indian American diaspora is like, has an insane fandom for. And it's to the point where I'm putting a recipe, like a riff on Taco Bell's Mexican pizza in my book. Yes. Because to me, it counts as Indian food at this point. Because like the Indian American diaspora is so obsessed with this dish. Uh, it just shows up <laughs> at like every event, every hangout, every wedding. Like it's not a wedding until someone has ordered like a hundred bean burritos at the drive-thru for the after party. Yeah. You haven't gotten married until that's happened. (laughs) (laughs) So as you've been kind of sifting through all of these recipes and really just whittling down to the ones that feel essential to you, is there one that's really just stuck with you? Yeah. I mean, I I think (laughs) if you follow me on Instagram or you just know me in real life, I've definitely had a conversation with you about how much I love yogurt rice. It's just such a pillar of my existence. It's so foundational to my being. Uh, <laughs> it is everything I like to eat in one bowl. And if you follow me, yeah, on any of the platforms, you've definitely seen me making it um, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how do you make it? You in particular? Yeah. Okay. So yogurt rice has a million names uh, across the South Asian continent. Uh, it's one of the few dishes that transcends regions, actually. Like, I grew up eating it. My family's from Gujarat, which is in the western state of of India. But it's very common in South India, too, where, um, you know, if you're so a lot of people know it as Thayer Sadam or, you know, so other names along those lines. Um, 
the simplest, most basic version, like when I get off the road from all the traveling where I never want to eat food again, you know, the thing that I lean towards is quite literally hot rice. You know, I actually don't own a rice cooker, which surprises a lot of people, but Indians pressure cook rice. And so like, that's how I make rice. So I make it in my Instant Pot, which to me sort of serves as like a rice cooker. But um, oh, yeah. so I, you know, I'll make rice in that and then I'll add yogurt. I prefer when I'm making yogurt rice to have full fat yogurt, but not Greek. Greek to me can be too thick sometimes and too tangy. But if that's what I have on hand, that's what I have on hand. And then... Honestly, a pinch of salt, <laughs> like a good pinch of salt. Um, I use Morton's, like it's not even, everyone has their like diamond crystal, you know, like whatever, they have their debates. Mine is like the dumb, dumb table salt, but you know, it's what I have and it's what I love. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want any flaky sea salt in there, like none of that. Like the salt has to kind of like melt into it. And at its most basic, that is what I will eat. Hot rice, cold yogurt, salt, like, and like mix together really thoroughly and it's just that is what I yeah I crave the most but there's you know there's a number of ways of doctoring that up like if I'm feeling a little fancy or if I want something just like a little a step further like I'll add a little Indian pickle of some sort you know something that's like a little spicy a little tangy um definitely you know is another infusion of salt like that tastes so good with that or, you know, if you really want to do it like the the proper, proper way, like the gorgeous kind of way to do this is to make a tharka. So you like temper spices in a fat. I prefer ghee. Um, and I'll take a little like mustard seed, curry leaves. I just happen to have curry leaves on hand because it's the one plant I own. I can't have more plants than that simply because they'll die because I'm not around enough. Um, <laughs> and so I have That's one right. plant. It's my curry leaf plant. I literally leave it to one of my best friends in LA uh, to babysit when I'm gone for like long stretches of time so that it'll survive. <laughs> and then I pick up my curry leaf plant. I come home and yeah, I will like, you know, so you put the the curry leaves, you can put like dried chili pepper, you know, whatever you like, you know, honestly in there. And they like temper in there, they get like nice and crunchy and then you like pour it over the yogurt rice and it's so good. It just adds this like next level of spice. Um, I, you know, I've seen people even put uh, pomegranate kernels or arrows on there Ooh. and I've never done it, but next, like it just, it sounds vibey. And like, I think, you know, next time maybe... Maybe I'll give that a go, actually. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds great. So is there a particular type of rice that you kind of gravitate to whenever you're really, really craving this? Yeah, anything that's not basmati. Basmati is, like, just too long and thin. Like, you want a little bit of starchiness to that rice. So I like a long grain rice or, like, a medium to long grain rice. Sushi rice might be, like, a little too sticky for it. But yeah, something that has like a little bit of, just a little bit of clump, like you don't want that total separation that basmati rice gives you because you want it to all kind of like, I don't know, like meld together, if that makes sense. But yeah, honestly, whatever is kind of on hand, you know, that that you have, that you like, like it, it all works. Even basmati rice is still, mind you, is still good with yogurt yeah. and salt. Yeah. It's just not my <laughs> preferred, yeah, my preferred one. <laughs> so just to sum it up, this is a bowl of... That fresh, fragrant rice um, with a dollop of yogurt mixed in yes. just sounds so comforting. And it kind of acts like 
a a moment to reset your taste buds a little bit after all the travels. It, it really does sound like this tastes like coming home. Well, Kushbu, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you for having me, and I hope you make some yogurt rice soon. Oh, it's on the list. <laughs> Kushbu Shah is the restaurant editor at Food & Wine Magazine. You can find her recipe for yogurt rice on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Alex Simpson, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic this week.